morning. We just couldn't get enough Christmas music, so had to throw it in there on you today. Well, I want to welcome you here to uh, Community Heights. Thank you for joining us in worship today. I want to say welcome to those watching and listening online, and I hope that you had a, a good new year, and um, you know we're looking forward to a better year, aren't we? I, I know I am. So even though we're starting a new year, we're actually finishing uh, this series, um, Heaven for the Holidays. Uh, will be Today will be the last day, and you know, in this series, we wanted to um, really pick our heads up, pick our minds up, our eyes and off the world for, for a few weeks and look towards heaven. And, uh, you know, we really didn't want to spend, you know, months talking about this, even though we could, uh, but we're running out of holidays. So heaven for the holidays, just, you know, three-week series, and, and we're good enough. But, you know, we, we love a new year. We love new things. Um, we like, our kids like to get new gifts, and, you know, we like new cars, and I like new shoes, and my wife really likes new shoes. Um, we like the new car smell type of thing, and, um, you know, to us, what does new almost always equate? Better better you know we we always relate something new to something better and as we finish today i want to talk to you about the this fact about heaven in heaven all things will be made new all things will be made new revelation 21 5 says this and he who was seated on the throne said behold i am making all things new also he said write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. So Revelation is written by a guy named John who was actually a disciple of Jesus and was a really good friend, close friend of Jesus. And, you know, we think that we have it bad here um, for our faith. We think what we're going through is persecution on our faith. Well, it's nothing compared to what he went through, right? He was quarantined, isolated because of his faith on an island by himself, right? So on this island, God gave him a glimpse of what his eternal home and our eternal home uh, for people of God will, will look like. And he says this, that all things are going to be made new. The one who sits on the throne says this, and he told John, hey, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. In other words, this is something that God wants you to know. This is something that God wants you to think about, to realize, to understand that one day all things are going to be made new. And after the year that we have had, hey, I'll take it, right? I'm really looking forward to all things being made new. So what will this new heaven look like where all things are new? Well, um, the Bible is, is clear about a few things, about what we can expect to be new. And I want to share with three of those things with you this morning. The first thing is this, a new heaven and a new earth. We, we will experience a new heaven and a new earth, all right? So heaven as it is right now, there is a heaven now, it'll be different, okay? The earth as it is right now, obviously there's an earth because we are in it. That's going to be different too. One day God is going to make all things new, including a new heaven and a new earth. It'll be something that nobody has experienced before. Here's the great thing. We, we have loved ones that are in heaven now that, ha that are believers in Christ. Um, we will get to experience this new heaven together. 
okay, together at the same time. Revelation 21.1 says this, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. So our eternal home will consist of this new heaven and a new earth, and somehow, I don't know how, but somehow God is going to make this combination of both into a new thing, into a new place. And John mentions this because it just blows him away. He mentions that there's not a sea. And, um, you know, in their culture, the sea was a pretty important thing. And imagine where he was at. He was on, on an island. So he was on the island of Patmos. Everywhere he turned, you could see water. And for us today, we know that water takes up 75% of our earth. So such a big thing to, to, to him and to us will not exist in heaven. Why? Because all things are going to be made new. It'll be something completely different. And so this new place will also have a new capital city. The, the city to us, now we might have different um, opinions about city life, right? <laughs> some of you may like it, some of you may hate it. But in the ancient culture, the city was so important to the people it represented protection it represented fellowship and celebration but here's the important thing that we never really uh, truly realize is that the city to an ancient culture represented longevity It, it represented that hey this place is here to stay all right think about it this way if you're living in tents or you're living in temporary housing that's one thing if you start building a city that says hey we're gonna be here a while, right? So we're going to have this new city to look forward to. Revelation 21.2 says this, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Now, um, I know many of you have been to big cities. I really have not. I think Chicago is the biggest city I've been to. But maybe you've been to New York. Maybe you've been to Los Angeles. You know, maybe you've been to Paris. Maybe you've been to London. Maybe you've been to Madrid. Maybe you've been to Tokyo. I've seen these places online, <laughs> right? And they amaze me just looking at them. How different each city is, but how magnificent each city is. And how they seem to be growing not only bigger and taller, but more technologically advanced, right? Um it's going to be nothing compared to the new city in heaven, the new city. Um, it, the Bible does give us some details about it, and I'm just going to walk through those really quickly, just a couple of them. It's going to be huge, the city itself. Heaven is going to be big, but the city is huge. 1,400 miles in, in one direction okay, is about the size of three-quarters of the size of the United States, coast to coast. That's one direction. One heaven, it's going to be 1,400 miles in all directions, this city. Massive, massive place. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about how the foundations are made up of, of all these precious stones and jewels and how the city is, is made of crystal and the streets are made of, of gold and the, the gates are made of pearl. And there, there is a sea there, just not made of water. It's made of glass or crystal. 
And we talked about how the glory of God is at the center of this place, this new city coming down, and it just it's amazing the lights and the the sparkles and the way it reflects the glory of God and the way it looks to us. And John is even amazed by it. And and the closest thing that he can he can compare it to is this. They didn't have electricity back then, remember? But he said, Look, it is like a bride adorned for her husband. And it doesn't take much for our imagination to in our minds to think about a wedding ceremony and you know the everybody comes together for that moment and then then all of a sudden the music starts playing and and everybody just sort of holds their breath in anticipation and what happens everybody turns around and and looks to the back and and some people some ladies start start crying and oh it's so sweet it's so cute and and everybody goes oh and everybody's focused on on the bride that's coming down, but think about the groom standing in the front and just seeing the beauty, the love that is coming towards him and, and, and anticipating that taking place, that new life coming together, that new, f- that new future is coming towards him, that new beauty is making its way to him. That's how it's going to be with us. And, and this is saying here that God is going to present this city, this heavenly city, to us. And it's going to be marvelous and, and spectacular. You know, one day we'll be experiencing our new eternity together in this beautiful place. So not only will we see and behold the newness of heaven, but look, we're going to be new ourselves. And that's the second thing I want to share with you. Um, and some of you are going to be excited about this, maybe, I don't know, but we're going to have new bodies, new bodies. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Y'all are ready for that now, right? Uh, almost everybody has these goals in their mind. Okay, it's a new year, and it's going to be a new me. I'm, I'm, I'm the new me this year, right? I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to start eating right. Um, I'm going to start living healthy and i'm going to get it this year right but this this body i'm ready to go i'm ready to change this thing well in heaven you'll get the opportunity to have that right it's funny how um the makeover um beautification industry is a multi-billion dollar industry it is um that's what we want now we want our we want to look our best we want to feel our best we want our bodies to last longer. We, we want to look better longer, and we are actually willing to spend a whole lot of money to try to do it, right? Um, in heaven, we're, God is going to make all things new, including you. <laughs> You're going to get the ultimate makeover. Your body will. Rev, uh, Philippians 3.20 says this, But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Anybody ever feel like their body is just lowly? I'm really not sure what that means. (laughs) But some days I'm just like, my body's lowly today. You know what I mean? You're just sluggish you're just walking around you're aching and you just feel like you're hey i got a lowly body today (laughs) 
one day, Scripture says here, and this blows my mind. And again, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm taking God's word for, God's, for what it is. He's going to transform our lowly bodies into his glorious body. So look, um, we're going to have bodies in heaven. All right, we're just not going to be spirits sort of floating around, bumping into each other, and it's all weird. It's, it's, we're going to have bodies, but not like these bodies. They're going to be upgrades, right? They're going to be upgrades. They will be heavenly bodies. They will be glorious bodies, and they will be like the body of Jesus. Okay? Our, our bodies will be like the body body of Jesus. I don't know how. I don't know what that looks like. We know he appeared to some people after the the resurrection, and you know he was able to sort of just walk through walls, but people were able to see him, right? I don't know what that looks like, but we will be like Jesus in heaven. I like what 1 Corinthians 15, 49 says, and I like the Christian Standard Bible translation really well. It says it this way, and just as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we will also bear the image of the man of heaven, right? Who's the man of heaven? That's Jesus, right? And just like we sort of look like Adam, we, we look like him, we inherited his DNA, we will look like Jesus in heaven. We will look like the man of heaven. Our bodies will look like that. Look, they will be glorious bodies. They will be heavenly bodies. And listen, they will never wear out. They will never tear. They will never break. They will never sag. Somebody would be like, amen. No sagging in this body, right? Um, they will be bodies that are meant to last forever. Forever. Which means this. These bodies will never die. These heavenly bodies, they will never, ever, ever die. Isn't that amazing? That's something to look forward to. Which brings us to this question, and then this third thing that's going to be new. Well, if if we're in these, if we're in this amazing place and we're in these amazing new bodies, well, what what's life going to be like? We're going to have a new life in heaven, completely new life. Our lives in heaven will be so much different, but yet so much better, so much better than life now. Um, when God created the world, if we read back in Genesis, God created it how? He created it good. Good, you see. Um, God never intended us to live in the world that we live in right now. God created it good. But we, mankind, made the mistake. We, we made the, the choice to sin. And because of that, we have been living in this world that is marred by sin. It's distorted by sin. It's twisted by sin. So we've not experienced the life that God originally intended us to experience. But in heaven, in heaven, we will. Why? There will be no sin. There will be no sin in heaven whatsoever. So there will be no consequence of sin. There'll be no result of, there'll be no effect of sin in heaven 
at all. So what will that look like? Again, the Bible gives us some glimpses. doesn't give us everything, but gives us some glimpses. Revelation 21.4 is one of those glimpses. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. And I love the way this ends here with this translation. All these things are gone forever. Forever, right? How amazing is, is that? I know that we have all experienced the bad things of this world. Everybody has. We all have felt pain. We all have been touched by death. We all have experienced grief and sorrow and sadness. We all have, have felt loss and know what that feels like. And look, this year has proven to us how sick our world actually is. You know, sin and, and the word iniquity are similar words, and, and iniquity means sickness. Sin has brought a sickness to this world, and we see it this year. We see it. It's very clear that our world is sick. In heaven, our world is healed. There's no sickness because there's no sin, you see. Imagine what it will be like to never experience pain again for those of you that are hurting today, that are aching that are feeling pain. Imagine what it would be like to experience an eternity, a world, a life without sadness or sorrow or suffering loss. Imagine a world that is new every day and there's never a goodbye that you have to have. Imagine a world that You don't have to worry about anything. You don't have to feel anxiety over anything. Imagine a world without fear. Right? How amazing would that be? The curse of sin in heaven is completely reversed. Revelation 22, 3 says, No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there and his servants will worship him. In the garden, again, if you read back in Genesis, when God created everything, he created it good. But you know, it says this specifically. It says he put man at the center. He, he put man at the center of the garden. And heaven doesn't mention that at all. Instead, who's in the center? It's God's throne and, and the lamb. The throne is in the center. And that tells us that sin is never, ever going to enter into this place because God is at the center, and he is going to make sure of it. It will never occur again. We will live in a perfect and sin-free world. And I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Well, I talked about this last week. We will see God. We will see him. We will experience his glory. We will see our Savior, and look, we're going to be able to worship in ways that we can only imagine. Perfect lives, enjoyed. Imagine being able to enjoy your life, really enjoy it the way God wants it, wants you to, for all 
eternity. So heaven will be more than we can imagine. But what about now? What about now, right now? We're, we're here. Um, what about 2021? Well, I want to talk to you about this. You can also have a new now, a new now. We need to look forward to heaven, but we need to underst- understand this, that God has made it possible for us to experience a new now, a new life today. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is, right? Not will be one day, but, but you, you are. He is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, I want you to take note of this and look at it later today. I want you to go home and open up your Bibles and look at 2 Corinthians 5.17 and Revelation chapter 21. And one is Paul writing and one is John writing. And these are almost word for word the same. John is saying one day all things are going to be made new. The old earth has passed away. The old heaven has passed away. The new has come. Paul is saying here, right now, if you are in Christ, you are a new creation right now. The old has passed away. All things have become new. It's the same. You can have a new now. If you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Look, some of us, actually all of us, okay, just need to realize that today, right now. Right now, you are new. What, what is keeping you from fulfilling God's purpose in this life today, right now? And what's so amazing about God is we've got this new place to look forward to, but it's a new day today. Did you know that? It's a new day. You know, look, you may have, might have made some mistakes. You might have fallen off the map. You might have taken a few steps back in your walk with the Lord. Guess what? It's a new day today. Thank God for that. Thank God for his grace and his mercy and his forgiveness and his strength to pick us up when we fail. Thank God for giving us a future to look forward to, but thank God for giving us a today to step into. You know, here's here's what I've seen, and this is really, I think this is a big deal, okay? Maybe this pandemic has... um, has caused caused you to take a step back from your faith. I I see that happening in a lot of people's lives. You know, maybe maybe today is the day that you realize who you are in Christ. And a pandemic has no power over who you are. And maybe it's the time where you stop letting corona dictate your life and you start allowing Christ to, to fulfill your life. Maybe that maybe that is today because you are new. You are a new creation if you are in Christ. Maybe today is the day and this is the year where you say I'm not going to let this world affect my life and who I am and alter my destiny and change my purpose for God. I'm going to step into my purpose for God. I'm going to become who he wants me to be. And look folks, I can tell you this right now. This world, our country, needs the people of God to step it up and be who they are. They're a new creation. A new creation. All things are new. You see, God has a great future planned 
But you know what? He also has a great present planned as well. He's, he's doing things in this world, and he wants to do things through you. Philippians 1.6 says this, I'm certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. This tells us one day there's going to be a finish line. One day things are going to be complete and over. One day there's going to be an end. But look, not yet. Not yet. God's not done yet. He's not done with you. Obviously, you're here, right? And he's not done with the world. He's doing something new in the world still, and he wants to do it through you. You are a part of that because it says his work there, right? It was his work in you to start with, but he's continuing on his work not only through you and in you, but also in the world. And so your life has a new purpose, and God wants to help you do that. He wants to help you achieve his purposes in this world. So think about it this way. The same God that saved you for eternity is the same God that helps you today. He's there and he wants to help you. So let's start living our lives with with that perspective in mind. So look, God has given us this amazing future to look forward to, this eternal home in heaven. And he's also given us a new life right now with new mercies and new grace every single day of our lives. And that's really amazing. I feel like we, well, I know that we don't deserve that. And, and how, did he, how did he do that? And why did he do that? Well, I want to close with this here. Um, all this is made possible because God did something new in the past. He established a new covenant. A new covenant. And the, world, the word covenant means, it's made up of a couple of words that mean to come together. To come together, or a bond. And in the Bible, co- covenant represented God and man coming together. And God made lots of covenants with, with people. There were lots of coming togethers of, between God and man, if you read in the Old Testament. Probably the greatest one that we, we know about is the Old Testament sacrificial system where God made it possible for through a, through a series of, of sacrifices and through a, through a process of repentance, you see, God made it possible for God and man to sort of relate together in some way that they hadn't before. And the Old Testament covenant, the Old Covenant was good. It was. But it wasn't good enough for all people. You see, it was for a certain people. And it wasn't good enough for all time. You see, this had to go on and on and on. Each and every day, each and every week, each and every year, they had to go through this process. It was never full. It was never final. It was never all-inclusive. And it was never meant to be. It was never meant to be. Scripture tells us that this was temporary, that this was a, the, the first covenant, the old covenant, was a foreshadowing of a greater covenant of what was to come a better one, um, one that includes everyone, one that doesn't last a day or a week or a year, but a lifetime forever, a better covenant, a perfect covenant. And it's not a person, 
I mean, it's not a system, but a person. It's not a process, but a person. And that person is Jesus Christ. And look, Jesus Christ is the new covenant. When we think about it, Jesus is the perfect solution to bringing God and man together. In the Bible, he is referred to as the Son of God, but also the Son of Man. And when we think about how the the first covenant was given, it was God speaking to Moses, right? He God gave Moses the law verbally, and Moses wrote things down. When we look at Jesus, God didn't speak audibly through his word, but he, he gave us his word. Jesus is the word of God. It, Jesus is the new covenant. He is the, the perfect covenant. And this covenant was finalized with his death, you see, and his resurrection. And, and this new covenant was sealed in his blood. And Jesus' own words in Luke twenty two twenty says this, in the same way after the supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is, it is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Now, God made a new covenant between him and, and man, and listen, he made it through his, the blood of his son. Not of animals or goats or anything like that, but through the blood of his, his own son, God made this new covenant. And why did he do that? It says for you there, for you, that, that is how amazing God's love is for you. So in this series, we've looked, and the, this was the goal, was to look forward to heaven, to us, for us to dream and imagine what our eternity looks like, to encourage us to live today for a brighter future. But look, we need to remember what made it all possible was the new covenant in the blood of the Son of God. And so what we need to do today is not only look forward, but we need to remember, we need to look back and realize what it cost us to have this hope to look forward to and to have this life to live in today. And so I want us to celebrate communion together. And um, the cups are already prepackaged. They're in the seats around you. So if you want to take a minute and grab those, I'm going to ask Bob to come up. As you're getting your um, cups there, you can go ahead and get, get them ready. But Bob's going to play um, here for us. And I want us just to spend maybe a minute in prayer. I want you to spend time with God, talking to God, hearing from God. Maybe today is you feel God pushing you, leading you in a direction that he wants you to go. Maybe there's something in your life that you realize is hindering your faith and your relationship with God. Or maybe God is revealing something new to you today about your purpose and your destiny and what he wants you to do. 
in the coming weeks and anew this year. Whatever it is, just spend a moment between you and God, and we'll come back together and celebrate communion. Father, we praise you for today and just your presence here among us and being able to sing and worship you and open your word and just feel your spirit and your word talking and speaking to us and guiding our lives. Father, we are thankful that we have an eternal home with you to look forward to. It's so encouraging, so refreshing. Father, we're thankful that you give us even more than what we deserve in this life. You give us grace every day. Your mercies are new upon us. You give us strength. You lift us up when we fall. Father, I just pray that, that today we realize who we are in you. We are in Christ. We are in your Son. You love us like your Son. May we live our lives in light of that. May we fulfill our purpose that you have for us in this world. Father, just forgive us when we fall. Strengthen us when we are weak. Heal us when we are sick. Father, keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy before him endured the cross, despising his shame, and is currently seated at the right hand of you. And today we look at the juice and the bread and just get a visual of the blood and the body of Jesus. And we say thank you for the life that was laid down for us so that we can have new life. For the blood that was sh shed for our sins so that we can experience a relationship with you forevermore.
We thank you for the new covenant in the blood of your son. Amen.